This episode of She Explores is brought to you by The Ridge, a minimal front pocket wallet that's designed to help you carry less and always have what you need. Launched by a father-son team, it would make a great Father's Day gift or graduation gift, but with their beautiful variety of colors and sleek design, it's perfect for you too. I know I have a hard time keeping my purse organized, kind of embarrassingly so, and I always bring a wallet while backpacking. The lightweight option will be great for every day and on the trail. Get 10% off today with free worldwide shipping by going to ridgewallet.com explore. That's ridgewallet.com explore and use the promo code explore for 10% off. Ditch your bulky wallet today and get the Ridge at ridgewallet.com explore. This episode of She Explores is brought to you by Sawyer. Now, I was familiar with Sawyer's water filtration products, like the Sawyer Squeeze, but did you know they also make insect repellents? Their permethrin fabric treatment repels and kills mosquitoes and ticks for six weeks or six washes, and it doesn't harm any fabrics or finishes. Six weeks. That's a lot of hiking and backpacking trips. It's the start of summer and a great time to prep your gear. Make sure when you use the permethrin fabric treatment that you let it fully dry before you use it to maximize effectiveness. We're excited to be giving away a Sawyer gift pack to keep you hydrated and protected in the outdoors. Head to she-explores.com Sawyer or the link in our show notes to enter. Sawyer uses the best technology to keep you going regardless of your journey. Learn more at www.sawyer.com. I'm Gail Straub, and you're listening to She Explores. Before we get started, I just want to quickly acknowledge that in two days, it will have been two years since I launched She Explores as a podcast. I don't think I say it enough, but I'm extremely grateful to everyone who listens to this podcast and every person I've had on the show. Our first two episodes were about fear. Fear of getting started and getting out there. Looking forward, I want to continue to embrace fear and confidence in equal measure. I continue to be so moved by the women I hear from, talk to, and talk about. Here's to more stories of women exploring the outdoors. These two words never feel like enough, but thank you. Okay, on with the show. To see other women and women of color, you know, people of color in the outdoors, like it just is, there's an affirmation, right? Of like, I'm not the lone wolf crazy person. I'm not the only one. I'm not the lone wolf in the mountain, right? Like I'm now finding my pack and the pack is really supportive and that like we're maybe we're all a bunch of crazies by ourselves but when we get together it's amazing and so I mean I think if we just keep being visible if it's on social media or in person like you just show up and people you know I think younger folks would be like oh I belong there too right so we may never feel like we belong but if we can hopefully break ground for the you know the next generation to, to feel a little bit more than we have it's it's nature we're breaking ground you know
breaking ground. That's how a lot of women and women of color in the outdoors feel. A few months ago, Amanda Machado represented She Explores on a camping trip with the National Parks Conservation Association, or NPCA. You might remember Amanda from episode 41 of this podcast, Permission Slip. Amanda is a writer and a hiker and a camper. She wrote a fantastic essay for Vox.com called The Strangeness of Being a Latina Who Loves Hiking, and is a founding member of Brown Environmentalist, a media collective rewriting the outdoor narrative, amplifying the stories and leadership of Black, Indigenous, and people of color in nature. The camping trip was just one night, but it had a purpose to bring select women from the city of Los Angeles together in the outdoors. Amanda went in cold, recorder in hand, not really knowing what to expect. A few days later, she filled me in over Skype. This episode is the stories of the women who attended, who in their own way are doing the hard work, the hard but satisfying work of breaking ground for others. So the event was run by NPCA. Ultimately, the focus was to celebrate International Women's Day, International Women's Week, International Women's Month, just to keep celebrating women um, throughout the month of March by planning an event that encouraged women to spend more time in the outdoors and feel empowered to be on the outdoors on their own. So it was coordinated by Laura Torres and NPCA in partnership with REI and the Force of Nature campaign. Here's Laura describing the event. Uh, We had a series of activities where we had dialogue framed with questions to create a sense of confidence, to talk about advocacy, to talk about why the female voice matters. Um, We were planning to have a bonfire that didn't really work out due to the rain, but we still spent a lot of time just in conversation with each other um, and doing different activities to get to know each other, but also to support each other. There was a strong theme for why women wanted to attend the overnight, which you can hear here. So my name is Nancy Torres, and the reason why I came on this trip was because I reached out to NPCA and Larissa contacted me with Lara and Lara told me about the event and I thought it was amazing to be able to come out into nature because I haven't been um, and just be surrounded by women and kind of like hear about what they do and the work that keeps inspiring them to see if like maybe that's potentially something that I can do in the future. Uh, my name is Araceli Hernandez. I came out here today with First, it was a simple invitation, you know, it's a woman-only camping event. And then as information started to develop, like it was an empowering event. And so I was really interested mostly in the fact that it was going to be all women, just because I felt like that's a space where I can kind of come out of my shell a little bit more and include an inclusive space. Um, And it was that, actually, in fact. And as you'll hear from Amanda, she agrees. I was excited to explore a space because still at this point in my life, I rarely find them where I could spend a whole weekend camping with only women. With lots of resources available for women in the outdoors, it's easy to take for granted that spaces like this exist. But as you'll learn in this episode, 
This overnight was special for a lot of reasons. Back to Amanda. The event took place in Leo Carrillo State Park, which is outside of Malibu, about an hour outside of Los Angeles. And it was uh, right on the beach. You could maybe like a 15 minute walk towards the beach. But unfortunately, because of the weather, we only made it to the beach on the second day because we were pretty much stuck in our campsite under a a tent in the rain (laughs) for the first 24 hours. (laughs) So I think the rain ultimately was what made people connect more easily and instantly have to team build and, and get to know each other because our first problem was that the two tents together were still kind of small and had like a gap in between. So we're like, how are we going to keep out the rain while we cook and while we do all these sessions? And so we had this huge tarp and it took all the women brainstorming together about how we're going to fix this tarp in the way that would make us all less or the most comfortable and the, and the most dry. And so that was like the first thing we did when we met each other, (laughs) which was great because it forced us all to connect with each other start talking about I don't know, logistics and architecture and how to how to use tarps and how to use rope and how to tie knots and what's the best structure that's going to keep the rain not falling on us or building up on top of the tarp and then falling on us. Like right here? Yeah. But let's switch the, the door. Put the door facing you. Oh. <laughs> yes. There we go. Um, after we figured out the tarp situation, it became, okay, now we're all under this tarp and tent for the next 10 hours as it rains, so we might as well get to know each other and, and start sharing our stories. And that's what happened pretty quickly. Um, people really started getting very personal about what the outdoors means to them and why they might not have accessed these spaces earlier and what is encouraging them to do it now. Un, dos, tres. Mic check, mic check. Un, dos, tres. So I'm Marisela Rosales. I'm from Los Angeles, California. Grew up in K-Town, a concrete juggle. And I remember my first experience outdoors was swinging in my dad's Guatemalan maca hammock and letting the sun hit my face amongst the big palm trees we had in the backyard. And I remember my brother coming and swinging me on the hammock and like spinning me around. And I fell down on the ground And then after that, I remember climbing up the palm tree and getting stuck in the palm tree. But just enjoying the fact that I was able to climb something and then just like be in a different space. It was really memorable. And I always remember that sleeping in the hammock and then having the sun hit my face and just like looking at the like coastal winds move the palm trees, which was really awesome. My mom, she raises as a single mom, so I think she really understood that there were a lot of things that um, could that could have very well been a disadvantage for my brothers and I. And so for her, raising us, it was really important to give us opportunities to just be outside, just because she understood the basic implications of it's just it's just good for you to be outside. So I remember every summer she'd go out to local churches and figure out if they offered opportunities to go out hiking 
um, or to go camping. So that's where I was during summers. But during our downtime, what we did as a family was cycle a lot. So you'd see like seven people. And at the time, cycling was not a thing. So we were out there. It was just amazing. Um, we got to explore a lot together. So I think that's really what brought our family together. And so now moving out here to LA with my partner, that's definitely what we do on weekends. So you will not see me in a car with the exception of today. You'll find me um, along the LA River just exploring. Um, so it's really nice to kind of see the outcome full circle that I'm still doing it. And I kept looking at my pile and their pile and I was like, oh, I see. There was a woman named Nancy who shared part of her story of being of hiking for the first time and going camping for the first time. And um, she was talking a lot about how she felt ashamed of the gear she had because it was clearly not as expensive or nice or appropriate even maybe as as the other women or men in her group. I mean, for the first time, like maybe five years ago to Joshua Tree. Yeah. And I remember like, oh my God, do I have the right stuff? Do I have the right crap? Who do I ask? Right. And like, who do I ask without feeling like I should know this stuff as well? Like, because I, I don't know this stuff. Right. And it's intimidating to go and walk, talk to someone that they have all this gear. And you're yeah. like, wait, like, I don't know. So how do you even ask those questions? So when you, when you share that story, it kind of brought me back to that day. I was just like really questioning, questioning, questioning myself. And why why am I here and actually that experience turned me off and I was like oh you know what maybe rock climbing is not for me and then I kind of came back to it and I was like it is for me it's just like I need to ask for help that was something I could definitely relate to and something I still think about a lot now um, I think I, I, I with my friends I call it gear shaming <laughs> and I think it's really a thing and something that we don't we don't think about a lot or talk about a lot So the women were bonding under tents, connected by tarps. The rain fell, and they had only one place they needed to be. The more they talked, the more they realized they had in common. So many stories that they had were my story. Um, a lot of the women in this event were Latina, and a lot of their experiences growing up in their family and their perception of the outdoors was very similar to to mine growing up. Um, so that felt really validating and, and really amazing to get to connect with women who could understand that and share that with you. You know, being an outdoor enthusiast, like that was what I wanted as a little girl, not knowing what that looked like. Um, my parents used to hoard National Geographic books. And so I would hide in the closet and look at it and be like, I want to do this. And then they're like, no, it's para locos. Like, you don't do that. Like, you cannot do that. I feel like because I am a Latina and, you know, we're expected to behave a certain way at home when I'm on the out, uh, in the outdoors. I'm just like, why do I have to bring that back into nature? Like, whatever you tell me I should be doing shouldn't define me everywhere else you know so I feel like I'm kind of trying to figure it out because I'm like new into nature and uh, hiking and um, doing all those type of activities so I don't know yet but it's gonna be like a 
a fun figuring out, I think. There was a woman named Araceli who I interviewed at the end of the trip, um, although this experience was shared by a lot of other women, about just not being able to explain her love to the of the outdoors to her family. And all of us, I think, had a really hard time articulating why exactly that was, but we all definitely related to the idea that our family thinks we're crazy <laughs> and thinks that, and that we don't feel like we belong in our families sometimes because we're the only ones doing this and nobody else understands it. Uh, my name is Araceli Hernandez. I think the biggest conversations had to do with our background and our history because a lot of us here are Latina um, and the ones that aren't even have experienced similar experiences with their family and friends and outdoors and those are the stories that really stuck with me in particular the story that Michelle shared last night as far as uh, where your family kind of doesn't understand until they understand and then they're happy for you and I think in my experience um, it was hard kind of like she mentioned you kind of like keep it from your family like that all the outdoor activities that you do you're like yeah we went hiking but you don't tell them that you slipped you don't tell them that you ran into like some wildlife or anything like that you just kind of keep that quiet into yourself until they kind of notice like who you're becoming and how it affects you and my dad actually was the one who was like he noticed um, how I've changed. He noticed when I changed originally where I was kind of having some mental health issues as far as like anxiety and depression and all that stuff going on. And he noticed that I was going outdoors a lot. He was a little concerned. But then I remember the conversation where he was like, I see it helping you. Like, I see that it's you're going outside and not just like physically, but mentally it's helping you. Like he, he was the one that brought it up that he, he's not like one to talk about emotions or anything. So that was like, I got his blessing. I got his okay. And that was like a common thing that we were talking about was like being accepted, like not only in the outdoors, but also like your family, you know, so it can be hard and difficult, but being out here and having those conversations again, it made me feel like, okay, like I'm not alone in this. Like other women are experiencing this. Other women have gone through it and I'll get through it. And that like motivates me more um, to get other women to come out and experience that and not, not be nervous and whatever it is that's like holding them back. Just like, just get out there and do it. Um, so that's what I really took away from this. Also like cultural things as far as like women can't do it particularly, you know, that's like one of the biggest things that I love about this is like we just showed everybody that we could and we did. <laughs> I think what was hopeful was that most people said that at this point that they've committed to it and really owned it, you know, and, and told their families, you know, this is my authentic self and this is what I love to do. By doing that enough, most women were saying that their families had either completely turned or were now starting to turn and were getting on board and we're now switching their responses from you're crazy or why are you doing this or you're a woman, why are you out there by yourself or isn't that dangerous, you have no business being out there to I'm really proud of you or you're really brave. Um, I don't understand this necessarily, but I love that you're doing what you love to do. It was really inspiring to see that I think lots of families were starting to, to turn like that and that it was making it easier for a lot of these women to finally really own this and 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 continue continue doing it wow i, I got chills hearing that honestly <laughs> <laughs> we'll hear more after a quick break 
This episode of She Explores is sponsored by World Nomads, the global travel lifestyle and insurance brand for independent adventure travelers. Whether you're 100 miles from home or the other side of the world, Colorado or Cambodia, Oregon or Oman, World Nomads covers over 150 of the activities you love while enjoying the great outdoors. The greatest thing about them is their passion for supporting travelers who want to get off the beaten path and explore their boundaries. Learn more by tuning in to the World Nomads podcast. Hear about great destinations and the amazing nomads who continue to explore those places, including adventurer Sarah Davis, who is attempting to become the first woman to paddle the entire length of the Nile from its source in Rwanda to the Mediterranean Sea. The World Nomads Podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, or go to worldnomads.com slash podcasts. We're back. It was definitely inspiring to hear and motivating as a Latina woman to hear that family dynamics can change and things that might feel like points of tension can become points of connection with the same people over time. It just takes commitment to, to what you love, I guess, and and continuing to like fight for it and and stand your ground that this is something that, that is really a part of you. Because my parents were like, you're crazy. Like you're doing things, you're going outdoors, like by yourself as a woman. They were just, you know, and they're like, what are our relatives going to say on Facebook if they see that we let you out in the outdoors by yourself? And like, you're just accentuating the fact that you're single and have no kids and like in your late 30s like it's you're just projecting something that is very <laughs> taboo as a daughter of immigrants right yeah. and interestingly enough you know I was talking to my parents just like a few weeks ago and I'm like my 40th birthday is coming up in April I don't know what I want to do and my parents were like, you know what? You spent so many of your years taking care of family, taking care of us, taking care of the nieces, you know, taking care of everyone that like we actually give you permission to go on an adventure. After like how many years as an adult, they were like, you know, even from college to now, they never let me go anywhere, you know, without permission. And they, my mom was like, go, go on the adventure go alone don't take care of any of us don't worry about any of us if you have a birthday party that means you're gonna work and you're gonna make sure everyone's happy and she's like we're not having a birthday party she's like go to the mountains and (laughs) go by yourself and i was like really i have permission (laughs) so it wasn't about belonging to the outdoors it was more validation that my parents were like you are fully capable as a single woman on your own to go out there and you're fully equipped, you know? And I was like, thanks. It's, you know, now I'm 40. I feel better now, (laughs) you know, that you can let me out into the world. But you know, it's that it's like getting the validation Mm -hmm. from our families that we're not the crazy one. We're not like the black sheep or, you know, um, but that like finally feeling like, what I do that makes me happy is finally being recognized and respected by my family. Like, it's not a selfish thing because they used to say that. They're like, oh, you go hiking for the day? That's very selfish. Like, what about if I needed you, you know? Um, 
because hiking is not like a 15 minute exercise right so it's seen as being something very selfish like oh you're gonna go to the mountain because you just need to like meditate versus now the narrative has shifted the tone has shifted where it's like no you're gonna go to the mountain and meditate so that you're better with us so for my mom to say go on an adventure go to a mountain on your 40th birthday just take a photo and like share it with us but we know that's your happy place and it's not about helping us it's about taking care of yourself and for me I was like I never thought I would see the day where my parents would say we see you and we know what makes you happy so I think what a lot of people said was the general theme of the weekend was healing and realizing that people's interest in the outdoors might have started because the outdoors healed them in certain ways. And I think also for me, that's something that I underestimate a lot, how much the outdoors has affected my mental health or just a healing process in my life. And a lot of women shared really intimate stories of of moments in their life that were really difficult and where the outdoors was ultimately what healed them the most. I think a time that I felt the closest to nature was when I was actually flying over Kauai. And I've, I feel like I've always had a, an intimate relationship with nature, but that time I was bawling. I was bawling like a little kid because for some reason I felt like the mountains were speaking to me. The mountains are telling me, this whole time we've been taking care of you, been, we've been watching over you. And for me it was just so powerful because I feel like nature for me at a personal level has been so healing. I feel like nature has taught me to be resilient. Growing up in Riverside where it's a desert, you realize that despite it being super hot and being a desert, like there's still life. Nature persists. And I think that's where I've gotten the message that despite everything, like there's hope, there's always life, even when it seems like it's all dead, there's always life. And so for me, I think I've built a tradition around every time I'm feeling really overwhelmed, I always find myself hiking because for me, it symbolizes releasing and it also symbolizes an opportunity for me to kind of just set my intentions out to nature. And I feel like nature takes care of the rest. Um, so I think when I was in that helicopter, and I felt that big presence of like, see, we've always been taking care of you. You're going to continue to be okay. Just continue trusting us. Um, that really spoke to me. <laughs> Actually, the, one of the first people that introduced me to the outdoors is my childhood best friend who in college was killed in a car accident. But before his passing, all through high school, growing up in San Diego, we would always ditch school to he would go surfing and I would go watch him on the beach. And it was a weekly ritual. We would go to the beach. It's only 10 minutes away from home. And even to the point where my dad would excuse my absences <laughs> and we would go all the time and he just loved nature so much and that he in the winter he would ditch school I couldn't go but he would go and he would go snowboarding and he just loved everything outdoors and 
you know, I would try to be there with him and enjoy everything from the sidelines. I never surfed or snowboarded when he was alive. But I would just watch him and know that's my joy was watching him. And then he passed away, you know, in an accident at 20. And I didn't grieve him for a really long time until I went to the beach and grieved him. And then I went snowboarding and I grieved him again. And now it's whenever I'm sad or I just need to like talk to the universe or talk to him as my as like my spirit guide, I go. I go to the beach. You know, I go to a hike and it's not just about nature, but it connects me to my best friend who, you know, like as we were talking about, like they talk back. They hear when, you know, like anytime I have to have a really big decision, I think through. I remember the day after the elections, I went to the beach and I was like, what am I going to do? Through the stories that were told at the event, this need to heal in the outdoors was revealed to be a cultural theme as well as a universal one. Amanda captured a woman sharing this overlap. They would talk mad, mad shit. My dad would be like, why are you doing this? Like, estás loca, like, porque vas a ir ahí? Like, no lo necesitas. And I'm like, I'm crazy because you've made me crazy, dog. Like, <laughs> like how do I explain this to you? Like, <laughs> and it's not even your fault, you know? It's because of the, I've been pre, like, put in situations that have you don't know any different right like and it was weird to like be able to say that to them so you were a child raising children how do I explain to you that concept and like how traumatic that could be for a child and on top of being like undocumented in this community like you know like it was like a lot of different things and I was like you know what call me crazy come in whatever you want but I'm gonna go realizing that like my need to be outdoor and my need is to be outdoors and heal. Because there's a difference, I think, that I learned recently. It was like, at least within my community, everything's always been like, it's okay. We'll get through it. We'll survive. And I'm like, but when are we going to heal? Like, when am I going to get the chance to heal from this trauma? Like, do I get to keep pushing my feelings aside and push, like, continue to say, it's okay. I'll, I'll get over it. I got to go to work. I got to do this. Like, when am I going to finally take the time to validate my self-worth and allow myself to heal and allow my body and myself to be, like, in a place where, like, you know what? I'm not okay right now, but I can go for this hike, and that's going to help me. I hope so. This event is proof that 24 hours in the outdoors can be transformative. Here's what the women who attended want to take away from their time there as it relates to storytelling and supporting each other. Like you, I was very nervous coming in just because there's a bunch of, apart from Laura, like Laura, I didn't know anyone else. So it's kind of nerve-wracking, so many different personalities. It's unfortunate that a lot of the times, like, women are catty to each other. So it's kind of hate going into it, like, and I was like, you know what, like, Everything's going to be fine, and I'm, I'm glad I came because I met so many of you. And it's great to not feel like I'm the only one kind of thing. You know, everyone has a story, and we all have our struggles, but we've all, like, overcome so many barriers, and we're all here together for the same reason. 
So I want to thank Laura for putting this together and the rest of the team because it reinforced to me the importance of storytelling, um, specifically for women of color. I think that's been a theme for the past um, couple years of my life, the importance of, hey, our voices aren't being shared, so it's our turn to speak up and share our stories and perspectives. We all have that this energy and I feel like we bring our energies into this space together to make something even more amplified and impactful so I thank everyone for sharing stories and I think we should all continue to do that in all aspects of our lives just no idea what was going to happen a little nervous just because that's how I am <laughs> and then um, I, the question came up last night like, when did you start feeling like you were, you felt included? Um, and the reason I kind of relate with what Laura was saying in that I don't think I've ever yet felt like included, but in spaces like this and conversations that we're having last night, I really related to a lot of things that you guys are saying, even though I didn't speak up as much. It put things really into perspective for me because it makes me feel like I'm not alone. <laughs> and also like feeling like each one of these experiences, I'm getting closer to like feeling more comfortable, more accepted, more included in spaces. So thank you, Laura, for putting it all together. And thank you guys for sharing and being really like receptive. I'm excited to like get to know you ladies. And then like I've met some of you and I've had conversations, but now like I would love to go camping with you guys like when it's not raining <laughs> in a different experience in a different space. But thank you so much for making this a possibility. This was part one of a two-part series. In this episode, we got to connect with the women, hear where they were coming from, and what they had in common. The next time we hear from Amanda, we'll hear how these women connect with land and how they learn through this event with the National Parks Conservation Association, what they can do to protect it, and what we can all do to protect it too. Big thank you to Amanda Machado for reporting on her experience and sharing it all with us. Learn more about Amanda via her portfolio at amandaemachado.com. That's amandaemachado.com. And about Brown Environmentalist Media at brownenvironmentalist.org. They're raising money by selling posters, so make sure to take a look. And if you have any projects that you think would be benefited by a voice like Amanda's, definitely get in touch. Thank you to the National Parks Conservation Association, especially Laura Torres and Megan Hernbroth, for the opportunity to connect with these women and cover this event. Learn more about their work at npca.org. Thank you to all of the women you heard in this episode and who attended this event. Laura Torres, Megan Hernbroth, Amy Wong, Araceli Hernandez, Bridget Underwood, Christine Mariano, Grace Rougier, Jennifer Mendez, Jenny Lopez, Nancy Torres Poblano, Maricela Rosales, Mayuki Gomez, Rebecca Contreras, and Sally Garcia. Thank you to our sponsors, Sawyer and Ridge Wallet. And if you enjoy She Explores, you'll probably enjoy our sister podcast, Women on the Road 
Hosted by Laura Hughes, it's filled with stories of honest experiences of life on the road from the women who've lived it firsthand. And if you enjoy listening to She Explores, please take the time to review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It'll help other people find us. Even better, share She Explores with a friend. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So make sure to tag us so we'll see it. Until next week, catch up with us in our She Explores podcast Facebook group. There we talk about recent episodes, give each other advice, and share resources and more stories about our time in the outdoors. Music is by WMD. Music is also by Lee Rosevere, Josh Woodward, and Kay Angle using the Free Music Archive. Until next week, have fun out there.